Hello and welcome to Non-Essential Workers Podcast. I'm your host, Marlena. We are at episode eight already, Prayer Formance with Cheyenne Sapphire. Cheyenne is a tantric coach and interdisciplinary artist based in Toronto, but currently living amongst the palm trees in Hawaii. She alchemizes dance, poetry, song, and film, creating a genre that has yet to exist, which she calls Prayer Formance. In this episode, we discuss Tantra and spirituality and how they influence her artistic practices, abstaining from technology, and the benefits of a morning routine, among other topics. This was really one of those conversations that I think could have gone on a lot longer. I really enjoyed speaking with her, and I I admire her work a lot. Um, You can check her out at www.cheyennesapphire.com dot com or on Instagram at Cheyenne Sapphire with two eyes. Please enjoy this episode. And as always, feel free to follow us on Instagram at non-essential podcast. We're on Spotify, Google play, Apple podcast, all the things watch on YouTube, like subscribe and enjoy. Yeah. Welcome to my project. Welcome to my podcast. And um, I guess I guess I'd like to start with, I mean, if you can, in your own words, just introduce yourself and a bit about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing me on board. I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to chat with you again. Uh, my name is Cheyenne Sapphire, and I'm known as the Creatrix, and I am a Tantric Magdalene priestess who seeks to bring people back to themselves, their divinity, through performance and through one-on-one mentorships and Tantric dance. Awesome. That's, that's very sweet. Um, I'm, I, you probably already know this, but I'm, I'm, uh, very fascinated and drawn to, um, artists and people in general who, um, who seem to incorporate interdisciplinary aspects into their yeah. work and who, who kind of combine, um, multiple areas of discipline or, um, artistic practice, um, and, So when I first saw your work, I I was very, very, very drawn to it um, for that reason. And um, yeah, I'm very happy to to speak with you. Thank you. Thanks. That means a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So Tantra, my understanding of Tantra is it's sort of this blending of spirituality, sexuality, physicality, movement, artistry, metaphysical, um, all of these things kind of together to sort of open those gates to deeper learning about oneself. Um, is that yep. kind of? <laughs> yeah, okay. you pretty much nailed it. Uh, yeah, so I mean, Tantra doesn't have to just be about sex, as you also, um, you know, mentioned. Tantra is, is yes, about a, a deeper connection with oneself and the world, and that is through energy and tantra means weave and weft so if you think about uh you know a needle and thread and you're weaving 
this fabric, this reality, and you're going in and out. And it's this dance of polarities of masculine and feminine, hot and cold, fast, slow, any type of polarity. And it's this dance of them that is Tantra. And it's this, yes, weaving and wefting. And when these polarities meet in inner union, that's where wow bliss bliss erupts that's where uh transcendence awakening begins that's when it's your your channels open Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, what what aspect of that drew you to tantra initially was it um because because you're very much an artist as well and you you kind of you kind of blend um blend all of these things together Um, Yes. So did you see that artistic um, potential in the practice initially as well? Or what did it come from a more yogic, spiritual? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, it's it's a great question. And to me, they're one and the same, you know, art and spirituality. It's they're all a prayer. Right. And when, you know, the original storytellers, the original musicians, you know, and thousands and thousands of years ago were shamans you know were shaw women were people communing with the divine channeling what we call flow state now um you know is channeling (laughs) you know it's when you're opening your channels and you're completely present and you're in this meditative state and that's when we are communing with the divine or allowing ourselves to be that divine which is what we are and so yeah to me there there isn't a difference and it's the art i find can be very commercialized in today's world and we look at it as a product but I think all artists know that you know whether or not someone will buy it when we still feel that urge to release to express to create that is also the energy of sexuality because creativity and sexuality are two sides of the same coin if you think about from the very beginning the big bang Let's just pause and think about those words, the big bang, right? And it's two particles that are coming together, that polarity, boom, and an explosion occurs, created the whole universe. And same with, with that's creativity. You know, when we, when we are making love with a partner, we, if, it, if it's a man and a woman, you know, we can create a baby. And that is the utmost creation, right? It's creating an actual human. And so with Tantra, you can do certain practices that, bring all of that potential energy that can literally create you or me and bring that up into your body. And we can bring it into different areas in our body. We can bring it to different chakras to activate them. All of that potential energy then goes back inside of you. That's really powerful. Wow. Yeah. This like give and take releasing and yes, exactly. And you can share it with others. You can share it platonically as well. It's just, you know, that's what I'm, what I mentioned earlier. It doesn't have to be an actual sexual act although everything is actually a sexual act if you think about it not in this pornographic sense or an actual you know the physical a man entering a woman or a man entering a man whatever but but in the fact that it's we we are always alchemy is everything we are always interacting with individuals and when I put my you know mug on the table the mug has a weight that is then meeting the table and that distribution is shifting. There's always a transfer of energy, right? And energy cannot be created or destroyed. So that's always this union of two things or this interaction of two different things that creates another. Mm. 
Oh, there's so much I want to ask you just basically. <laughs> yeah. I know it's so expansive. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So, all right. So there's this spiritual element to your artistic practice. Um, yeah. And was, was that kind of existing before you found your artistic practice? Like, did you have that inside of you, that spiritual awareness? Mm-hmm. I, I know for me, I, I, well, I, at this point I would, I would identify as being, um, if not a Buddhist, I am definitely leaning in that, um, yeah. direction in my practice, but, um, but, but those ideas were sort of inside of me my whole life. And then when I found, um, that avenue of expressing it, then that related to me. Right. So it resonated. Yes. Um, but Beautiful. did you feel like growing up, you had that sort of sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. And that's also, you know, um, just an indication too on what you just shared that, you know, we, we do have all the answers inside of us and that when we do tune inwards, it's, it's, it's like, that's, that's already in yourselves, you know, your, your spirituality, you don't need to really seek it from someone else, but someone might provide other lenses, you know, for you to look at something that is already unfolding in you, which is beautiful. Uh, yes, I have been spiritual my whole life. I, you know, grew up in a very liberal artistic family and my mother was a hippie and, you know, there were goddess books, ancient goddess rites and stuff all over my house. We ate really healthy. I was doing yoga at 12, learned how to meditate at a young age. So I, um, yeah, was very immersed into Native American, uh, indigenous spirituality as well. And I always had a deep relationship with nature and I suppose I didn't, you know, at a young, younger age, I didn't really dive too deep into the spiritual aspect of the art that I was creating, but I think I innately knew, you know, I, I just had that sense. It was, I always took it very seriously um, and not seriously in the form of like an academic way, although I did as well, but, but just, it, it was very special to me. And then in later years, it, it really became a, a spiritual practice, my artwork. And that arose after um, a pretty depressing time in my life. I was very heartbroken, was, I had a lot of physical pain because I have scoliosis. I was in Toronto in my parents' basement after traveling for years alone and it was middle of winter and it was just a, a dark time for me. And I refused to submit to uh, like addictions. Like I refused to drink or smoke or I don't know, party like other people do when they're, most people do when they're 23 years old. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just, I I refused to do that. And I thought I need to go inwards. I need to face this. And so I started to do what I now know as training in the void, but I didn't, wouldn't call it that then. And I started doing blindfolded movement practices and blindfolded dance. And that was really the start of my tantric experience as well in connecting with my senses facing my shadows the, the the dark you know and questioning what is the dark who am I when when I'm covered when my when I can't see anything when I can't look at myself when I can't judge myself you know yeah 
And then when did Tantra kind of come into it for you? Mm -hmm. Well, so when you, okay, so as we were, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Tantra is energy and you're tapping in with um, your energy, your potential energy. You're also clearing your channel so that more uh, flow can enter your life. And with the blindfold, when you're removing uh, sight and you're removing, you're essentially removing constrictions in your body and in your psyche and allowing yourself to fully express completely to get weird, to get silly, to scream, to cry, to shake, to do whatever, you know, that's a really liberating feeling. And that starts to open your channels and it also activates your dormant senses. So I, you know, my, my taste, my hearing my touch I started to get a lot more sensitive and that also is a part of tantra is activating your your senses and that's also a part of evolution you know species will heighten and activate their senses mm -hmm. to evolve and so that's what I started doing with the blindfold and then I started I, I met um uh, my first friend now and I started reading different tantric books and I, I was calling it in you know, when I started reading Tantra books, I did a course on Tantra and then I started practicing with her and my other roommates who were also Tantrikas. And I just, just, it started coming through inner gnosis. I just started getting different downloads. I started uh, receiving information that I, I wasn't, I mean, my higher self was asking for, but I wasn't necessarily seeking in the specific mm -hmm. things for example like one day I was just meditating with my friend and then a past life regression came through but I wasn't I didn't sit in that setting thinking I want to practice 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 um past life regression or anything you mm -hmm. know what I mean so it just started coming to me and then I started training more and practicing more mm -hmm. yeah it's so it's so interesting how that happens it's almost like as soon as you start to um uh, attune yourself to what you are on some level yes. seeking yes. It, will, it will start to come to you and the more that you're attuned to those things the more you'll see them right exactly um exactly and of course there's people who say well they were always there but you didn't notice them but I I, I don't believe that at all <laughs> you don't? I, I think they're coming for a reason mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um I, I've always noticed that and uh, I think certain people are somehow more more attuned to that in in a way um, mm -hmm. well that's also if they're accepting that and tuning to the frequency that they that they seek and that they want to evolve then of course more flow is coming to you right and so we can also cultivate that you know everyone has potential you know we just need to cultivate that and unlearn different things to allow that that flow to and to magnetize towards us yeah, that kind of brings up something else that I, I've always thought about, which is, you know, some, you'll hear these people, some people say, I'm not spiritual, right? I don't have that right. spiritual side. Mm -hmm. um, what do you, what do you think about that, that um, those people, mm -hmm. uh, what's their, what do you think their thought process is? Could they, is there a, po a potential that there's something inside of them they just haven't tapped into? Or is are there just some people that are not um, relating to the world in that way? Like my first thought was to each their own. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that, you know, if they haven't tapped into it yet, to be honest, like I, I, we are, we are, we are nature, 
Mm-hmm. We are spirit. Their energy is is this is not a woo-woo thing. It's fact. Like it's it's not, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's there's so much more than what we see here. Like this is like the tip of the iceberg so yeah. much more that's happening in the quantum field you know there are there like if someone i don't know and if someone denies energy let's say um they can just read a, a quantum physics books which i love to read you know and they're they're fascinating and they're amazing you can go look at cern you know um there's incredible information out there that also ties them and i can see that some people might not adhere to or vibe with certain language so that's also okay. And I understand that, you know, um, someone, someone also could believe in, you know, energy and stuff like that, but not call themselves spiritual. And to me, I'm like, it's the same, but okay. You know what, you know what I mean? It, it depends on language is nuanced and that's also to each their own. You call yourself what you want. This is your reality, you know, <laughs> Do you yeah. say, say what you need to say. I think with the, though the practice of Reiki is different um, than what mm-hmm. you're doing, I think there's a yeah. lot of related elements. Um, yeah. And I think that is more effective for people that are already, um, have already done some of the work to open those channels. Yeah. Um, Give me an idea of what a private session with you would look like. And do you you feel like it would, it's something that would be more effective for someone that has already sort of accessed some of those things? Yeah, that's a great question. And to before I dive deep into that question I just want to say you know how people um might say I'll believe it when I see it to me it's I'll see it when I believe it (laughs) you know and that 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 goes with everything in life to me that that's um a fundamental of of my philosophy so yes I think in a private mentorship or a uh one-on-one session with me well, with, let's start with a one-on-one mentors with a one-on-one uh, session with me. Yes, it would be definitely mm, easier, for, I suppose, for the said client to uh, vibe, to accept, to allow what I do to come through. But that's also why I have an introductory course of tantric dance that kind of um, is for people who are new to this type of thing, who are new to Tantra, who are new to uh, subtle energies, to to spirituality in, in their own sense. And so that, that kind of creates a platform for them to learn about chakras and about energy and movement and, and what I teach. And in a one-on-one session, yeah, they, they, they're pretty intense <laughs> and a lot can happen in them. And people also come to me when they're ready, you know, I, I, that, so it's when they're ready, they'll come and same with ceremony. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's an element of, if you're, if you're seeking it out of your own volition, then you've already started that process of exactly. Right. Well, so much of our society and our knowledge base, um, and what we cherish as being, um, valid knowledge is revolving around, um, evident, evidentiary, like proof, um, physical proof, which is mm-hmm. super important. Um, but I also think that there's so much about science. Um, I don't think this is necessarily not scientific. I just think there's so much about science that we don't yet know. There's so much we don't know. Um, and 
you know, if we would go back thousands of years, they, they had knowledge that, um, you know, a lot of that was lost over the years. And as well, they had knowledge that, you know, they would have attributed maybe to um, spiritual realms that we now can explain in a more concrete way. Yeah. Through, through just evolving and, and learning yes. more. Right. So um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always interested when people sort of like to explain things away really fast um, with the explanation that, you know, there's no proof for something or I'll believe right. it. see it because how can we know everything? How can, how can we be so arrogant as to think we know I totally agree. And I, I, I think it's, um, you know, even from a young age, I always thought it was a selfish thought for humans to state that we are the only ones in the universe. You know, I'm going to go there now, (laughs) you know, with with aliens, but like, literally I'm like, are you, you really think we are the only ones? Why? Like that, that's selfish, you know, like that's a little bit self-absorbed in my opinion. And now I know very differently. So it's, it's, it's just yeah. funny. It's along that same, that same thread. Yeah. I think people are becoming more and more open to that idea and alternative. One of the benefits of the internet, I suppose, is that alternative ways of thinking yes. are also becoming easier to access. Um, yeah. But also damaging and untrue things yes. also yes, are exactly. <laughs> easier to access so there's a double-edged sword yeah (laughs) double-edged sword to everything yeah Mm -hmm. so okay so let's say I was to register for a one-on-one session with you what Mm -hmm. what would be like let's say I'm a total beginner what would be can you walk me I know it's super individual but like can you walk me through sort of what it might look like Mm -hmm. absolutely so Thank you also for saying it's super individual because it mm-hmm. is and it does come intuitively with each individual uh but you know we would meet we can do this online we can do this in person depends on the lockdown situation whatever country you're in um and first starting with presencing getting into your body you know feeling into the space uh that can occur through meditation through different body practices that i do to really connect with the earth connect with the elements, connect with the sky to be here. And that's a more subtle way to connect for someone who hasn't done that before, you know, who hasn't, who doesn't have body awareness. And that's a great way to also, you know, let any of the thoughts that were, that are running through your mind, just start to drift down and start to settle into what, what truly needs to come through for that individual. Um, Another simple practice is eye gazing. A lot of people fear that. A lot of people are afraid of looking into each other because people say, you know, I can look into your soul and that's scary because that also mirrors back myself. Um, so that is another technique. And then breath work, different uh, tantric practices that help raise kundalini energy up from the root of your spine that start to bring it up. And gently at first because when it does happen in a full kundalini awakening it's a massive process and I think uh you know for a complete beginner one needs to have some have some roots first as with everything before you fly ground and 
yes, then there's different practices that one can do to raise that Kundalini energy up. We can do some movement as well to help open your channels. And then it really just happens intuitively. Like energy work might come through, a past life regression might occur. Uh, I channel a lot of different spirits, a lot of different versions of the God or Goddess and messages will arise and then it kind of flows intuitively with energy work, movement, breath work, meditation. You're, you're sort of like a guide. You're not, you're, you're not really showing people like it's all there, but you're sort of just guiding them through. Yeah, exactly. Open open those. Exactly. Yeah. It's initiations for you, for said client to step into your power, to come home to yourself, to step into, to remember your divinity. What's your own uh, practice with, with Tantra and meditation? How does that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I have a really extensive morning routine. It's about four hours and I, you know, wake up, I dream journal. So I write my dreams every day and then I will meditate for an hour minimum and then um, I listen to a lot of Joe Dispenza meditations, love him. They've, they've really helped me. And I'll do uh, other meditations like t- tantric breathwork and, or just sitting meditations, just following my breath and just following the energy rise up my spine and go down, which also helps sensitize my, my body, uh, like we mentioned earlier. And then I'll do tantric dance, some yoga as well. And sometimes I'll work out. So that's my morning routine. So I really love to do it every day. And it, 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 yeah, when I don't do it for a few days, it, I, I, I just, it's really important for me, especially, you know, in this time of, of lockdown when, you know, we're not really living our most normal schedule or when I travel, it's just important to bring that to ground. So yeah, I'll do that. I'm currently taking a Katantra course right now and I read different books as well that keep me, I'm forever a student, forever learning. Yeah. I was just going to say, it seems like yeah. you've really embodied the beginner's mind. Yeah, totally. Oh, totally. Very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, people think that as adults, we're like, they think they're done or they need to like appear that they're done, you know, in, yeah. in the sense of like, I'm developed, I'm fully actualized. And I think to approach everything, you know, from, from a place of a beginner's mind, I'm still learning. I'm still discovering. Yeah. As soon as you kind of start to strip that ego away, you get so much farther, right? Totally. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm really fascinated by that morning routine. That's That sounds really healthy. Do you find that yeah. sometimes like the c- capitalist pressures of, you know, like I guess before COVID when we didn't have so much time, um, it, it must be hard to navigate doing that every day with um, yes work and stuff like that <laughs> yeah thanks for for stating that and um, you know that's part of the unlearning process though of not wanting to you know I don't aspire to be the best in this whatever that means in this patriarchal colonialistic uh white supremacist government you know that, that's not really my goal in life so I am unlearning these programs that do tell us to hustle all the time to work all the time. And that's also been a blessing of COVID, right? Where we are able to really sit and tune in with ourselves and deal with all this shadow work that's bubbling up right now in the earth as we ascend. And I am, yeah, I, I it's, a, it's a daily practice though for, for me also to think, okay, is this okay? Will it flow, you know? And I am trusting that and it is. And if you also think about the earth and her seasons, 
she isn't always in spring and summer, right? There is fall. Mm-hmm. There is that death. Fall is the death and then winter or the decay into the death, right? And so why aren't we living with our body's rhythms, especially as women, you know, with our cyclical moon rhythms and then also with life, you know, sometimes we're not go, go, go. Sometimes we are, but we really need to take that time to rest. Something that has been my mantra as well um, in the past six months is rest is productive. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is equally as important. If you think of yin yang, the yin energy, that soft, the night, the intuitive, the creative, the, the, the nurturing, the resting energy is equally as important, but we live in this sun dominated, masculine dominated world. And so we're told it isn't. And so how can we remember that it is and follow that? That is a revolution in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about that too, and becoming more aware of the fact that um, if we were all you know, if we weren't in the various metropolis environments that we are in, um, and we were living off the land, like we once were, then winter would be a natural time of retreat and rest. And, um, you know, we've, we've canned all the food and now we're hibernating, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, it's no longer the case. And we've, 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 we've disconnected from what it means to truly rest. I don't think that we can really rest if we're connected to technology as much as we are. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's really possible. And I'm not saying that I've achieved that. I have never gone, I don't think I've ever gone a week without looking at mm. my phone, for example. I've gone maybe mm. two, two days. Um, mm. And that's something I really want to do, but I, it's, it's shockingly hard to find the space to do that. Like, when can you, you know, arrange for yourself to have even a week of complete peace where you're not, where there, there isn't somebody who's demanding something of you or needing you to answer an email or needing you to be on top of something via technology. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't, I mean, is it really that shocking when you know that they, the, the, the organizers, the people who create all of these apps have psychologists who help create it so that it is addictive right like it don't don't I I would advise maybe not to put yourself down for feeling that difficulty in releasing that or into wanting a break when it it, you're being programmed to be addicted to it just like we all are for sure for sure there's the addictive element absolutely but it's also the fact that we're it's so intertwined in everything we do like you know Mm -hmm. for me um with with um how I'm promoting myself as an artist with um, work in general, you know, like emails from work with students that I teach with, we, this is a medium that has sort of eaten up all of our avenues of uh, relating and communicating and organizing ourselves so that we cannot exist without them. It seems um, on some level. I was off social media for three and a half months. Yeah, it was great. And I had gotten in a car accident, so I had a concussion that I'm, it's pretty much healed now. But I, I like going on screens hurt my eyes. So I just stopped going on and there would be days, yeah, where I didn't look at my phone. I had no need to, no one was messaging me, you know, but it was so liberating. Yeah. I was so satisfied because I, there was no pressure. There's no pressure to be something, to mm-hmm. be promoting myself, to be posting, to be talking to anyone. I was just 
with myself. And that was also extremely challenging. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, it was, it was a beautiful experience, but start with short days and then you'll feel so, you know, like make it a little challenge for yourself. It'll feel good. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, last August, I was off social media for the month. Um, Sweet. And that was good. That was really good. But I find, um, I find it's just screens in general as well. Right. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's great to be off social media and it does relieve some of that pressure. I felt like almost instantly pretty relieved. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there was, there's always that moment of like anxiety yeah. Um, yeah. where you're like, what if I miss something? And then you're like, I know. what would I miss? Exactly. <laughs> like nothing's important here. Um, I know. You know, the people that you truly care about um, will reach out to you um, you know, and, uh, there's, there's nothing that I need to prove to anybody, certainly not strangers. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, the, it's the screens too, you know, it's just the screens, mm -hmm. you know, something I do for my morning routine, um, when I'm disciplined is I will put my, I, well, I always put my phone on airplane mode in the night and then I, uh, while I'm sleeping, it's off. And then I, try really hard unless I have something early in the morning like this interview you know beforehand um but I will keep it off airplane mode for until I'm done my routine mm, and then that so feels great. good but that also does create anxiety for me sometimes to be honest you know because I'm like oh shit it's 11 30 like I I have things to do you know but but it does feel good when I complete my routine before going into that it almost creates this illusion sometimes that we're getting things done if we're checking or we're I, active and it's like, no, wait a second. I'm not actually doing anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like timed. I used to do that too. Um, I think you can, you can do this on all phones now, but you know, where you, where you have the time thing for apps or um, that tell you how long you've been on them. So you can really just focus and get things done. And that also feels really great. And I actually feel like, because I am doing, getting something done, you know, where I go on Instagram and message everyone not just one person and then look at likes then look at something else you know I actually message them all in 10 minutes it's possible get off stay off oh it's it's mm -hmm. a tool that has great benefits and also a dark side and I think the dark side comes when we're scrolling right like that's totally. really the time waster and the thing that makes you feel bad about yourself the thing that um just sucks your attention in directions that is not useful um yeah. and you know using it as a tool to message those people that you need to message for work related things or for personal related things um and then getting off is a really good way of um just kind of tracking yourself absolutely yeah 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 it's a work in progress for all of yeah, us right? yeah, exactly. i mean to to our credit it's it's a it's a tool they're, they're the social media tools they've been they've been developed so fast in our lifetime mm -hmm. and they've hit us so fast um too fast for our 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 biology to catch up i think and to really make sense of it we, mm. we, we still don't know what the effects of this will be we don't know how our brains are going to react and, mm -hmm. and evolve with this. Yeah. Uh, and we won't know in our lifetime. So it's, yeah, to be gentle on ourselves to kind of approach it with caution, but also embrace it when it's useful to us is really exactly. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. So let's talk about a bit about your, your artistry. And mm -hmm. so this, 
this melding of um of spirituality and tantra and um also movement um kind of informs your musical practice and your artistic practice and you have kind of um I haven't heard this word before but prayer formants you've kind yeah. of come up with this way of describing your method mm -hmm. and do you want to say a bit about that what that looks like for you yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So performance, actually, someone gave that to me, Jeff Skult, and he saw one of my performances that was a fusion of singing, poetry, and dance. And he came up to me and said, you don't perform, you prayer form. And mm. I actually started to cry. And I thought that was so beautiful. And it's true. You know, it is an invocation of the divine, what I do. And it is a prayer, you know, a prayer that that we connect with our present selves, that we remember our divinity and that we transform, you know, that is, that is what I'm here to do to transform myself and in transforming myself, may that activate others to transform themselves and live their highest, uh, their highest path. And uh, with, with the performance, yeah, I mean, just by being who I am of mixed race heritage, I have always felt drawn to the, the things in life that don't really make sense, you know, and that that are of this mix mash of different things, whether that's with music, that's with people, that's with fashion, with culinary tastes. I love the things that you don't expect to mix well, to mix well. And that is also, um, you know, my, I, I, I like view that as the, the rainbow, you know, because the rainbow is when the sun mixes with the water and we don't, that shouldn't happen. Fire and water shouldn't mix yet. Here they are and boom, a rainbow is created. So that's also how I incorporate all these different elements. And I think, okay, I love this and I love this and I'm going to create my own thing. I'm going to uh, say, fuck that to anyone putting me into a box, you know, and I'm going to create this. And I started incorporating the, the uh, movement, the, or sorry, the, the spoken word because I have scoliosis and I couldn't pursue dance as my art form in the way that I had wanted to since I was a kid. I couldn't be in a company because I have chronic pain and it's, it just wouldn't work. And my body doesn't work the way that professional dancers do. And so I still felt this deep, deep urge to create, to allow these, this, this, juice to come out of me you know what I mean and so I thought how can I still perform how can I still create an outlet for my expression and that's when I started writing and so then I started fusing them and then I started adding the singing mm -hmm. that's awesome I I love to watch your videos you have the newest one conceal yeah I watched yeah. it cool. I watched it on YouTube it's it's phenomenal yeah. thank you yeah. anyone who's listening I recommend checking it out um what is the so there's a lot of um uh analogies um to blood um to blood and to um the natural world and femininity mm -hmm. um, so do you want to talk a bit about the process of of creating that and where that mm -hmm. stemmed from yeah totally so i uh, in the priestess work that i do and in um uh, some elements of Tantra as well. There is uh, something known as blood magic. And that is, you know, blood magic is with a woman's menstrual blood. And it is very potent 
uh, there's stem cells in there. Again, that's all that energy that can create a baby that then we release every month. And it's also the, uh, it's like the, the dark feminine time in our cycle. Cause we, we, we transform, we shape shift through the different archetypes of the feminine every month. And we, it is when we are most potent, when we are in our most shamanic state and uh, we're also releasing all the energy. And so you can do a lot of manifestation uh, with your blood as well. It's really potent. And I also love to give back to the earth with my blood. And because um, I believe it's like a, it's an offering to the earth. It's, it's an offering of myself my body to the earth and she gives so much to us all the nutrients she gives everything you know we are just living with abundance and I think it's important for humans to give back to that in that cyclical nature of giving and receiving and so that's where the uh blood theme came into that uh that video is with the women's menstruation and shamanic time, that dark feminine, which is what that video is about, is about the rise of the divine feminine and also accepting and stepping into our power, which is scary for people. You know, an erotic, intelligent woman is the most feared creature on the planet, actually, which is why they put us down so much with religions, with the patriarchy, with colonialism, because we're fucking powerful. <laughs> you know, otherwise they wouldn't care. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So movement um music making the poetry um all of this is there one sort of artistic discipline or identity you you connect with the most that feels like closest to your voice or is it sort of kind of interweaving yeah. and changing over time mm, uh i suppose dance yeah dance definitely however it's definitely interweaving yeah it's definitely changing over time to the performance to all of it you know to the mix of it to the toning the singing the poetry and the dance but but dance is definitely the uh the pillar i'd say mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. but it does come with you know uh me really having to take care of my body you know like i i have to stretch every day i have to do certain physiotherapy exercises um to you know manage and to help release the tension in my back right okay mm -hmm. and you do you have a yoga practice as well yeah still? I used to teach work I used to teach yoga I don't I don't teach it anymore but I, I still do it all the time yeah okay nice mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so what's mm -hmm. what's next for you with um I know everything's kind of slowed down and stopped mm -hmm. um yeah but do you have sort of projects in your mind at least on the horizon or yeah, totally. Um, yeah, still, still slowing down though. Um, but, uh, but I mean, things are a little bit picking up for me, um, a bit more now, uh, as we are going to soon be entering spring also following the earth cycles, but also because my brain is, uh, healing. So I'm able to handle more things now. And I have a single that's coming out in March. I haven't chosen the exact date yet. Uh, but yeah, we're just getting it mastered right now and getting the cover art done. Really excited about that. It's my first one ever. And then I will also be doing another tantric dance course in March, that beginner one. And um, so all are welcomed. That's for women identified. And, uh, you know, only just yesterday, I was really thinking that I might shoot a music video out here in Hawaii because it's so gorgeous and totally works with this next song that I've created. So 
I'm going to, after this call, connect with a videographer who I really admire and I've worked with before and going to see if he can make it out here <laughs> and uh, shoot this video. I'm not sure about that one yet, but yeah, different video projects are definitely uh, coming to me in the next few months. And when I'm back in Toronto, I will be directing a music video for a client. Where can people find you if they want to contact you for projects? You can find me on Instagram at Cheyenne Sapphire. The words are a little bit different, so I'm sure you'll include that in there because it's a little bit different than the actual spelling of my name. Then you can go to my website, www.cheyennesapphire.com. And there you can read about my tantric dance course if you're interested in that or about creatrix mentorships that I offer or seeing some of the videos that I have directed and produced as well cool. yeah mm-hmm. okay well thank you so much for coming on thank you too it. it's mm-hmm. nice to connect with you yeah so fun and, chatting uh, yeah yeah it's been great thank you so much yeah have a no great problem. day <laughs> bye bye Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da